Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Hello and welcome to this week's Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com. Coming up on this week's show, we'll have news in just a moment, which includes 127 startups a day happening in Ireland and getting closer to Northern Ireland. Plus, I was at this year's National Student Enterprise Awards and we'll have some of the great businesses and, of course, the winners from that as well later on. And we talk to a business looking to keep your rubbish and recycling in the bin. But first to this week's news with Avine McNally from the Small Firms Association and uh, Ola Carmody from Mediatraining.ie. And we start this week with some uh, very positive news. Over 10,700 new startups recorded in the first quarter of 2014. A total of 10,741 businesses and company startups were recorded in the first quarter of this year. This equates to an average of 127 new startups each day. For the first quarter of the year. What a fantastic number that is. And Aveen, a very interesting story here. We seem to have just gone hammer and tongs at starting new businesses in this country. It would appear so. I have to say, though, I am a bit surprised at the figures. I mean, they're wonderful, and it's great to see these companies being established, and hopefully these figures will increase even more with the commitment the government is making in relation to the establishment of an entrepreneurship strategy and some of the rumours that may actually be coming down for investment into small businesses and the budget and that type of thing. But I, I think it's amazing, and it's a great figure, but when you actually look at last year and the year before, there was about twelve or 13,000 new businesses set up. To turn around and say in the first three months, we did over 10,500 companies, um, I don't mean to be negative, but I'm kind of wondering how it's suddenly gone from 13,000 in one year to suddenly 10,500 in the space of three months. So I, I kind of wonder where, where some of the figures are actually coming from. Um, again, there are other figures and statistics from VisionNet in this. None of them really surprising to say that, you know, you still have challenges in some certain sectors in relation to receiverships and um, closures, insolvency still occurring, mainly, you know, construction, no surprise there. And also in the hospitality sector, and I suppose this would still be reflecting the, the weak consumer demand that's there, even though we've seen improvements happening towards the end of the last quarter in 2013. But certainly, you know, yes, it's great. We do need a lot more of them. And hopefully to encourage further and to support these businesses, particularly in the first three years, five years of business, which we know are the most challenging, that there will be support there for them and that the commitments and the talk that the government and the department are saying will actually be delivered on to ensure that these businesses get to the stage where they do grow, they do flourish, and further businesses then spring up behind them. And Orla, the beginning of Avine's statement there, are we in danger perhaps of creating too many new startups in the country? I don't think you so. I don't think you can actually have too many startups. I mean, I would question, like Avina, where these figures are coming from when you're hearing about 127 new startups each day. That's an awful lot of people starting businesses around the country. I have to think that's a good thing. I have to think that is our indomitable spirit, our entrepreneurial spirit, that we're getting out there and trying things and we're still willing to try stuff, although we've been very um, hammered, if you like, by recessionary times. 
I would also think it's a great sign of a concerted government effort coming to pass. I know there has been huge government effort to put people on programmes, to make people's welfare allowances work towards supporting them as an allowance on a scheme to start up a business rather than just paying you to sit at home. And we all know that that has been the move and it has been a concerted move over the last number of years and we're probably seeing the fruits of that. There is also, as we know, a general sense of an uplift particularly in the bigger urban areas, particularly in Dublin. We're seeing heavier traffic. We're seeing people talking about responding to contracts and tenders and all of that sort of thing. But I would be concerned that in the retail side of things, in the high street, in the hospitality sector, it is still very, very tough out there. I was speaking to a local hairdresser near where I live, and she was telling me that in her 18 years of business, January and February of this year were the worst she ever had. So, you know, 2007 and 2008, when the economy fell off the cliff, it didn't filter down. It's now, it was this year, 2014, that this particular hairdresser had her worst year ever. So at that very sort of Main Street level, if you like, it Mm. is still very, very tough. But the good sign is that people are willing to have a go. And as I said, if they are using allowances and supports and schemes to get up and running, well, that has to be a good thing. We're going to move on to Minister Bruton and the Department of Jobs, Enterprise and Innovation have this week uh, launched the Competition and Consumer Protection Bill as well. The legislation has three main components to merge the National Consumer Agency and Competition Authority and deliver improvements in competition law to create a watchdog with, as they say, real teeth to regulate certain practices in the grocery goods sector aimed to add ensuring balance and fairness between the various players in the sector, uh, suppliers, retailers and consumers, etc. And uh, finally, update and modernise the law on media mergers to take account of international best practice and technological developments. Avina, uh, creating a consumer agency with teeth, that's what people have been asking for, for quite some time. There really is, I think, you know, even among businesses that consumers can gain from very fair and competitive, you know, grocery market. And also as well, I think it's, it's the proposal is that will allow new suppliers to come into the market. I mean, the concern we have seen, particularly we've seen actually even taken at European level, is that a lot of regulation is being introduced to try and ensure that there are better trading partnerships, if you like, because at a European level, there have been large retailers making unfair demands on smaller businesses and suppliers. So, the EU, you know, the EU have taken action on this and it's, it's great to see that we're taking some action this step as well at a local level and I think it's very, very positive for small firms. Um, again, yes, of course consumers are going to gain from this and that's a very good thing. Um, I, 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 there is a little bit of caution here and I feel like everything I'm being a little bit negative today, <laughs> but you know, often when these bills are introduced and as things progress, there is huge cost and regulatory burden paced back onto the firms. And while it is great to see that you have an agency with teeth that's always very good, that can offer me additional regulation and additional burden and compliance on firms. And while everyone realises we have to have a level there within a fair environment, it's when it, it kind of tips the other way that small businesses in particular can find a huge difficulty. So really, I suppose our ask of the Minister as this bill goes through is that you know decisions are taken that are reasonable, that proportionate, and that they don't put over excessive burden back onto small firms to be compliant for this agency, which he has as, as I mentioned, the press release is going to a bit more teeth. Yeah, and Orla, uh, Avina hit the, the nail on the head there. Nothing wrong with new regulation to make sure that there's best practice within uh, industries, but uh, so long as it doesn't bog people down in their business with red tape. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, an agency with more teeth sounds like a good plan to put a certain amount of control on things. But as you say, uh, notwithstanding the red tape. But the two particular areas you mentioned there earlier, Keelan, the grocery goods and consumer goods sector and also the media, two very interesting areas. In the grocery goods sector, you often hear it said that there is a special case in hell reserved for the buyers from these multiples (laughs) because of the uh, hoops they put unfortunate promoters of Irish goods like new products in the in the food area when they try to get them listed and try to get them on shelves that the efforts that the people have to go to to get them listed and then the multiples have all the power and all the control and I would love to see some more regulation around that I heard of a supplier recently who supplied in goods to a multiple and there was some fault with the package and they had to be withdrawn and the multiple not only charged them for the say the 10,000 euro that it would have cost to supply these goods in the first place. They actually charged the supplier 20000 the actual retail price, because they said they now had lost their profit on this particular item. And I mean, to, me, my, to my mind, that's just outrageous. And to do that to a small indigenous mm. company supplying a new food product, it's just so tough. And that's the power that these multiples have. And I would like to see controls over that. And if this new agency will do that, well, I think it has to be a good thing. Euler mentioned opportunity there and uh, that moves us on to our next story. A great opportunity here. A very interesting idea uh, came out this week from uh, tourism chiefs who were attending the uh, Dublin Lord Mayor's Forum in City Hall. And the idea was to create an all-Ireland credit card to be used in hotels, restaurants, pubs and around the country as well. And it's a very interesting idea. The credit card would mean holidaymakers travelling to Ireland would be able to use the bank-backed card to pay for their accommodation, travel, food and shopping, etc. No hardcore details on the All-Ireland credit card, Avina, but a very interesting idea nonetheless. It is an interesting idea. When I first read it, I actually have to say I read it once or twice because I kind of thought to myself, well, credit cards do work, you know, most places in the world. So I was wondering where the logic behind it is coming from. But I think you're right. I think it's the detail. For me, I think it's more, if you like, almost it appears that they're thinking that it's a loyalty card, that you will actually use it. But as you kind of use the card within the Ireland of Ireland, that you'll actually gain kind of, if you like, credits or points back or discounts for restaurants and hotels that, that buy into this. Mm. Um, and I think it's a very innovative idea and I think it's great that we're looking at different ways to attract people to Ireland. We're looking at different ways of making it more cost effective to tour in Ireland and travel in Ireland and and travel around. And I think as well it shows where there are so many opportunities for cross-border relations between the North and between the South. We have so many cross-border relations there in business already and also to tourism and I think it's a great idea that we're looking at other ways Again, yeah, devil is always in the detail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that a lot more thought would have to be put into this to see that it's actually workable. Um, you know, and if it is a case of businesses have to sign into it and, you know, hotels have to sign into it, that could be a little bit more bureaucratic than, than they may initially think. But again, I think, you know, give them kudos for coming up with something to encourage and, and help people travel easier within Ireland if they wish to travel north and south when they're here. Yeah, and Arla, what strikes me about this as well is that if it is, like Avina says, it's it's perhaps a point system, you get rewards, etc. It might entice people not only to spend their money in Ireland, but also to come back to Ireland because they have those rewards, they have those points. 
Yes, when I read this first, I thought maybe this is a bit daft. It's one of those ideas and it's going to be competing with an awful lot of other credit cards mm. and point systems and all of that. But yes, this is obviously aimed very much at an American market. And as we know, Americans are totally obsessed with vouchers and collecting points in a way that we're just not. We're sort of getting a little bit like that now, but Americans cut vouchers and clip vouchers out of everything. So they are into that. And as you said, they may come back simply because they've earned points with this card. But the interesting thing is that this came out of the Dublin North Mayor's Forum. And obviously the Dublin and the Belfast mayors are discussing what's called the Northeast Economic Corridor and how to maximise that between Dublin and Belfast. Mm. And the first person I ever heard to describe the Northeast Economic Corridor was Brian McCrae, who's the president of Dublin City University. And I heard him use that term three or four years ago followed on research that they had done in DCU about how this this economic corridor, the Northeast Economic Corridor, is the one that where the recovery is going to start, the property prices, that business expansion, but all of that was actually going to be centred on that particular zone of the country. And all of this effort hands across the border in terms of business. Why do people in Belfast do business with the UK and why do we in Dublin do business with those in the UK and we don't consider doing business with each other when we're on the same island? Mm. So that's the, the thrust of this and that's the impetus of it and that's the bigger picture, that we all really need to be looking at the north as a really good source of business and opportunity for us. There's one and a half million people up there who may buy our goods and services. Let's start selling to them. Mm, innovative idea for tourism and getting people into the country and an innovative idea for our last story uh, this week of getting jobs and uh, helping people to get jobs as uh, a new scheme in Limerick is to be launched, a pilot scheme that will allow families on rent supplement to seek employment without fear of losing their benefits. The Department of Social Protection rent supplement scheme is to be replaced with a housing assistance payment scheme administered by the local authorities that will be rolled out in Limerick over the coming months. It is aimed at reforming social housing payments and is targeted at people currently on the rent supplement scheme for over 18 months. And Avina, a very, very interesting idea. We talk a lot in this country about perhaps people having an over-dependence on the social welfare system. This is perhaps a way of breaking that. Again, I'm looking at this. It's aimed at people who are over 18 months and clearly this is targeted long-term unemployment. And we all recognise, and even yesterday, seeing the live register figures, our long-term unemployment figures are becoming huge. I mean, it's around 47% now based on yesterday's figures. Mm. So certainly, you know, it's a kind of schemes and initiatives are being targeted at long-term unemployed. The reality about this is I wouldn't wonder how long they're going to be allowed retaining the, the, the benefits, the, the rent supplement. It doesn't actually say how long they're going to be allowed. And an awful lot of, the, of that is actually going to be it's the proof in the pudding. Again, it's a try. I'm all on for trying things and see if they work. But the reality is if someone's going to lose this benefit after two or three months, it's probably not going to be worth their while going back. And this is why we're into this vicious trap. Um, so, but at the same time, the question is, well, how long do you support them to ensure that they get back into the working environment? It, 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 it's a complete kind of, I think, nightmare that maybe possibly hasn't been thought out yet because I do think it's going to be more difficult to cut it off and then ensure that the person stays in the employment if the job goes well, rather than just when they lose their benefit, coming back out of the employment and going back on to benefit. And is it just going to create another cycle that people would get involved in? I mean, one of the local county councillors raises other concerns in relation to the, the local authority getting involved in social housing or getting involved in, in the scheme and suggesting that they're going to start getting involved in these payments, which really they have little power to be effective from. So I, mean, I really would be quite reserved about this. I think it's, let's wait and see how it goes. Um, but I think it's maybe not going to be as smooth as we think it possibly would sound. Mm. Uh, Orla, a, a great idea perhaps needs a little bit more meat on the bones. 
Well, yes. I mean, obviously, it's a pilot scheme and it'll be examined to see how it'll work. And if it works well, then presumably it'll be rolled out in other uh, county council areas around the country. But, I mean, we mentioned at the start of the programme that this is part of a whole raft of schemes to get people out of the welfare state mindset or way of thinking. I was listening to a radio programme a couple of days ago and heard a, a young man, a relatively young man speaking, saying that he was... 40 years of age, 41 or two, and he said, you know, I'll never work again. And I mean, imagine somebody at the age of 40 thinking that they will never work again. And the idea is that if you put all of these schemes in place to allow people to actually access supports and get themselves back into employment, get themselves working, and a rent allowance like this scheme is offering seems to be another very valuable way of encouraging people just to do that. That is it for this week's news. My thanks to Avi McNally from the Small Firms Association and Orla Carmody from mediatraining.ie as well. Uh, thank you very much for your comments and your opinions. Thank you. Thank you. Now, in part two, coverage of the National Student Enterprise Awards from Croke Park. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.